Welcome to Frown Town. Frown Town. <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah, uh, this is Frown Town with uh, V Chatty and Jay Jones. And this is the first episode, which is uh, like the weirdest episode of podcasting for every podcast because you have to do like the whole introduction. It's like you remember when you would go to school and they would give you a sticker and they'd be like, you put your name on the sticker and uh-huh. then go into the room with these other students and you have to tell them about yourself. You remember oh, that? Oh, that's the worst. I hated that. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Well, that, that's what the episode <laughs> is. That is, that's this entire episode is, ugh. Yeah, but we already know that we like each other. You know what I mean? It's not like when you would go to school and you're just like, oh my God, well, yeah. none of these kids are going to understand how much I love dead birds. You know well, That's true. I mean? Like you're not alone. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you already respect my love of dead birds. And even though you might not understand it, you're fine with me. Yeah, I honestly, I did not know that you love dead birds until just now. I'm still okay with it. Still okay with it. You're correct. I, it's like, cool. You know what? Honestly, uh, theoretically, I love dead birds too because I do enjoy uh, – I eat chicken. I eat turkey. I yeah. eat duck. So I think all of us love dead birds. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, it's a bit different uh, than you know taking them and seeing if you can apply electricity to their bodies to bring them back to life. But – uh, <laughs> so wait, is that like you're making like crow minions? Well, no. I mean, I haven't done that in a while. But when I was a kid, I did try to like I watched um, a few like I watched too many sci-fi movies and like Frankenstein and. Well, um, I would say not enough unless you actually brought the crows back to life. I didn't. No, I didn't actually bring the birds back so, yeah. to life. But well, you, didn't, you didn't watch enough sci-fi movies then. Well, they're not real. <laughs> yeah, but if you watched enough, and you brought one back to life. I feel like then you've seen enough. Yeah, uh, I I thought that I did it one, but like, there's a thing called a like I don't know, like you, you the things can your your nerves can twitch when you apply uh, electricity to them, and yes. so sometimes the thing would twitch, and that was cool, and I thought it was working, but then I did more research, uh, and it turned out it's still dead. <laughs> I never brought a bird back to life. Welcome to this- Frown Town. <laughs> Okay, so that that actually makes me think of something, um, and I'm going to go on this really weird tangent for a second, and then sure. I want to jump back into actual stuff. But like, sure. okay, so uh, there's no way to actually test this, but now I just thought of this. All right, so if you let's say you die, you've been dead. Like, let's make it me. I die, so I'm dead. Right, you're dead. I've been dead for like four days, right? So yeah. like for real dead. None of the like, ooh, surprise, I'm Romeo and Juliet dead. Like yeah. for real dead. You're like a little stanky. Right. So uh, electricity is kind of how, like, you know, we work. We know we can jumpstart the heart with it. Is it possible that when you hit, like, a dead body with electricity that they actually, like, click on for even, like, a short period of time and log things and then click back off? Uh, so, like, like, there's a memory of, like, like that bird has, like, one last memory of, like, blah, and then it's gone. Or if it's, like, it's me, like, one last memory of, like, yeah, and then I'm just done. And it's, like, does that – I guess is that it how depends. that works? I guess it depends on if you believe in a soul. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I believe in a soul. We're asking the Welcome hard to questions Town. here on Frontown. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, like, what are we even doing here um, besides talking Great about question. birds? Uh, no, uh, this is not a podcast about dead birds. Uh, um, but I mean, yeah, I feel this like isn't we, me we'll when talk I was a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was. Were there dead birds incorporated in the stripping routine? No, I just, I just, sometimes I would find myself talking about dead birds. You know, I'd be sitting on a couch and 
talking to a guy about dead birds and then I'd be like, oh yeah, do you want to lap dance? And then he was like, no. <laughs> you've, you've depressed me out of a lap dance. <laughs> I just want to go home and think about my own mortality now. Um, it's, no. <laughs> uh, so I guess Frown Town f- is a podcast about uh it's not it's not a political podcast but it is it's more a podcast about uh laws and bills yeah. mm-hmm. and what we can do about them i think yeah when we live like i have lived in america for uh all but like maybe three years of my life Lucky. and uh it's it was fantastic <laughs> um, I was like, oh my God, you guys have a whole different set of racism. I don't even know how to understand. Like, I, don't, I don't even understand why you, I, I don't understand why you would hate this person. I don't get it. Oh my God, is this what this is like? Um, but like living in America, one of the things that uh, have always kind of been uh, like the the biggest outstanding thing to me has been the the power of law. Like, you know, we always hear, uh, like, still to this day, there are candidates who believe in this. And we, I get that it's racially coded. And I, I apologize if it feels like I'm taking this literally because I'm not. No, but, you know, candidates have gotten into office on the concept of both law and order. It's never just, uh, you know, like, we want to bring about peace. It's never, uh, you know, we've gotten into office because, uh, you know, we want things to be, uh, you know, orderly. It's always law and order. Right. And I think as a people, if, if America can be grouped into that, um, I think we, we are kind of obsessed with legislating and making things like legal or illegal and bringing things into law. I agree. I also think that a lot of people, uh, what I've noticed, and this is, you know, coming from somebody who uh, went to city council meetings before Trump got in office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Was that was that just a, a mic drop? <laughs> uh, it was more just uh, like, "Hey, what took y'all so long?" But I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. I cannot harsh on people for being involved in the process. Now, I just want to say you need to keep showing up because, yes, yeah. there is this thing that we've done in America, and we do it, and it doesn't matter how um, conservative or liberal you are people constantly constantly harp on whether or not something is illegal and they and a lot of times i feel like people have substituted legal for moral ah i was just going to say that and that is problematic as the kids say because morality is not legality i mean it, it used to be illegal for white people and black people to get married you know like it still is in some places what? Like in yeah. America? Yes. Uh, so oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, no. from Alabama, I'm from Alabama. Uh, and there was a law, I believe, on the books in the Constitution of Alabama that says that uh, it is illegal for a black man and a white woman to get married. They tried to strike it and they put it up for a vote. I don't know. I think it's been struck since. But the time I remember they put it up for a vote, I might have been – this is in my teens – they put it up for a vote and it, it got didn't get stricken on account of 60 to 40%. It's like 60% of people were like, nah, let's leave that. Oh and, and there were people who they like, because, you know, the news always does this where when this type of thing happens, they always go and they like, well, let's go, let's talk to both sides. And there were people who were like, I don't think they need to change it because why? You can marry a, like, it doesn't matter. You can still, you can be black and marry a white person. Why do we need to change it? Right. It's like, okay, well, then by that same token, why do we need to keep it? Right. Like, what is it about well, changing and, it that matters that much? 
this is something that I've discussed with a lot of people. And um, I have, unfortunately, <laughs> I have a lot of family members who are cops. Uh, I'm so sorry. I know. People are like, oh, what, how can you like hate cops so much if you have like cops in your family? And I'm like, because I've seen these motherfuckers behind closed doors and I know what they talk about. <laughs> Yeah, And I had an uncle one time and I got into it with him a little bit because I love ruining Thanksgiving. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was ruined for the turkey. It might as well be ruined for everyone that's else. Fair, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. I, uh, I, I asked him about, I was asking him specifically about, because, you know, I've done a lot of, um, if people don't know me, I've done a lot of activism around um, sort of like, women's rights the rights of sex workers the rights of marginalized people at the margins basically so Mm -hmm. um i was talking to him about these laws and he was like well if i see two people having a consensual good time and like i'm not going to arrest them for prostitution and i'm like yeah you won't but what about your buddies like why does he's like well it doesn't matter that this is a law because i'm not going to personally enforce it i'm like yeah but other people will. So the thing that I want to like, you know, are laws bullshit? Yes. But do laws have a very important and detrimental effect on our society and how we're living on a day-to-day basis? Also, yes. Um, and you make a solid point there. I think it's to an extent, obviously there there's, we can always argue about the the legal system or I guess, let me rephrase that. We can always argue about, I guess maybe the justice system and, and how, or how or it does not justice system. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I, I started off with legal system. I was like, well, technically that's not what I mean, but it's <laughs> not technically correct. What I mean is the justice system. I just don't like to call it that, but and we can like, you know, you can argue about whether or not it actually does give out justice. I think, you know, that's a different argument when we, talk about however you know the point of laws is that they are permanent and it's to specifically uh counteract that very thing that you're talking about which is if a law is uh permanent if a person chooses not to enforce it when that person no longer has that job or has that role the next person up will have the law and know to enforce it so while you know it is obviously and clearly open to interpretation much like when a judge in sentencing people uh, can use an interpretation of the facts and the events <clears throat> to decide upon that that sentence. I think the the other point of that is that because the law is in place, it does hold open the ability for someone to decide, well, I'm going to enforce this and I'm going to to hold people to what this law is. And just because, you know, this particular generation or this group of of people in charge currently don't decide to enforce it, it still holds open the possibility for it to be enforced and to be upheld. And again, in the in a country where legality often is equated to morality, it means that they'll be able to uphold it uh, and, and enforce it in a future date and do so with with basically impunity. Yeah, and I think it's also important to recognize that you know, for throughout the history of our country, you know, people have this idea of history that it's always progressing forward. Um, which is wrong. <laughs> it's not necessarily, we're not always getting better. Um, and if, if we start looking into laws and we start looking into 
the legal system, we have sort of systematically had our rights. Like, okay, yeah, you can get gay married, but like, we didn't ask to get married. We asked to not get fired from our jobs and we asked to not get beaten in the street. And why the fuck do you need to be married to somebody to go and visit them in the hospital? You know what I mean? So it's like, they use legislation as a way to tide people over. And then they also, part of what I wanted to get into with this podcast is to actually dissect these, this legislation because the name and I'm sure we'll have an episode on this, but you know, no child left behind. I was a child of no child left behind. I was in high school in Florida uh, under Jeb Bush. And um, I'm just going to say, I maybe got a little bit left behind. <laughs> I, I was on the flip side of that in Alabama where because of no child left behind, uh, I couldn't get out of classes that basically didn't teach me anything. I couldn't get a class to teach me something. Like I, there were times. Uh, so I, it's a long story, and I think maybe we we hold this to another episode. Sure. But I, the experience I had with No Child Left Behind was, uh, I, my school, as a whole, uh, suffered academically, but I was a student who did not, and so they couldn't offer me curriculum uh... that would. Um, and on top of that, because I was in Alabama, uh, the school I went to was like ninety eight percent black. Surprise. Um, and they wouldn't let me transfer out to another school that wasn't under uh, academic alert, huh? Because you couldn't like my my the city had this whole thing about like not allowing students to transfer from district to district just because you know the black students uh, were over on the poor side of town right. and they didn't want to have buses over to the rich side of town so we could use their resources, right? And so like I was just stuck there, and, and it literally. I would say it, it stunted my my educational development. Um, yeah, you're like real ex- stupid now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say it stunted my educational development walking into college, and, and oh, I had I had a I had a hill to climb because you know there were people that uh, you know same city as me, same you know went to a school across town that had that just gotten a better education that had gotten better opportunities that I couldn't get because my school was so focused on making sure, you know, no child was left behind and everyone could read and everyone could write. Right. It was like, well, then why wouldn't you like split us out and help us offer, like, still continue to offer classes to the students who aren't under academic, uh, you know, who aren't under academic issue. Yeah. And I think that, you know, people don't realize. So another thing that I want people to get out of this is in my experience, these a lot like, you know, we're going to be talking about federal statutes a lot. Um, but uh, when uh, I keep an eye on local statutes as well and local legislation. And so we're going to be bringing you the, those, those fresh ones too. Uh, because the thing is, is that the, the reason we're, we're experiencing an unprecedented amount of uh, collaboration I'm going to say collaboration in our political process right now, because here's the thing at the end of the day, national politics, uh, man, they're a mess. Uh, They're a mess. And it's, it's mostly posturing and there's not, there's not a whole hell of a lot we can do from the top down, but we can do a whole hell of a lot more from the bottom up. I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying completely disregard national politics, what I am saying though is that you need like 
we need to be as strongly if you don't know who your city council members are, if you can't name one city council member, like we should change that. We should change that. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> we, Especially if, if we're unhappy with the way things are going. Exactly. Uh, even uh, a lot of the, the, the most impactful legislation uh, for us on a day-to-day level is coming from either a city or a state level, not necessarily a federal level. You know, even um with the the movement to defund the police, uh, even if the federal level completely and totally uh, legislated a defund defunding of the police, it would only hit federal police and would only apply to funds that the federal government bl- applied. Exactly. Uh, to truly defund a police department, it has to drop to a city level. Exactly. So it's not even at a state level. You have to have your city decide when they budget their money for uh you know the city itself and for the services that it's going to offer for its citizens. That is done and decided by your city council members. Well, and, and when we had the vote, you know, I don't, I ha- haven't looked it up about the percentage, the percentage of Seattleites who, uh, I can look it up right now, oh. who in, engaged in the primary. It's the most recent one? Yeah. Um, voting rate. We can edit this out. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not gonna, but we can. <laughs> uh, okay, so the voter turnout uh, was pretty good uh, for this last election. It was 54%, but that's still just a little yeah. bit over half of people. I think the, the irony of that is that that's considered good. Uh, typically, that's the, like- but the thing is, that's considered good in the past. Oh, my voice is cracking. In the, <laughs> in the okay. past, uh, voter turnout has been way lower. And so the fact uh, that this is like, this is considered good, that's problematic. Um, And when, in my experience going to, uh, I used to go to Olympia. um, I used to go to, I mean, now you can't go to any of those places, but you know, now we have (laughs) Zoom meetings. Now we have Zoom meetings where we can um, go. Yeah. So last year, Voter turnout was a uh, primary for 2019 was 29%. Yeah. So, I was going to say it was somewhere around 30. But then you look at the general election uh, for that same year and it was 45%. Which is still pretty low. Which is still pretty low. But like, uh, and then you have the general election for 2018 was 71%. And it should be noted that this is in Washington State where we use mail-in voting. Uh, so it's not like, like it's not like you have to go stand in line right. for a poll. It's not like you have to like go act like go get a ballot. All you really have to do is get online, give them your address, and they will send the ballot to you. You can fill it out in the comfort of your own home, put it in the mailbox, and it will send it back for you. You don't even have to put a stamp on the motherfucker. You can just put it back in the the mailbox and they'll just take it. Yeah. So and like, we're at a, what, a 50, no, I'm sorry, a, a 29% that was participation last year, yeah. rate. Yeah. Like it's, so, and here's the thing though. If you, I'm looking at these stats for Washington state and it's like, oh, 2016 presidential general or the general election, 78%. Y'all are turning out for the general election, but you're not fucking turning out for the local elections. And that's not, that's a problem. And I'm specifically talking to people of Washington state, but also I know that this is happening in other states because I have, 
I've been involved in local politics in Florida when I lived in Florida. I've been involved in local politics in Boston when I lived in Boston. I used to hang out there trying to convince people to yeah. let us throw fire around our school. <laughs> and I've done a lot of local po- uh, local stuff in um, in Washington. And the number one thing that I've noticed is they pass laws based on who is showing up and it doesn't matter who is showing up. Like I was showing up, I was going, uh, I was going in, uh, we were talking about specifically uh, trying to, I can't remember exactly what the bill was, but it was a bill that would have negatively impacted particularly uh, marginalized people. And it was specifically the, uh, around uh, sex work. And it was supposed to be a bill that was supposed to help uh, victims of human trafficking, which is all very well and good. And we're going to do a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> of episodes on that later. But the bill wasn't actually going to help anybody except the police. Unfortunately, they didn't understand that. And But you had these experts. You had people from nonprofits who work with trafficked individuals, who work with sex workers and people affected by these laws, who are going up and saying, you cannot pass this law. This is not good. But then you had a bunch of other people going up and you had a literal, like a ninth grade class that would call in like, and they, I'm not going to, I couldn't, he, I don't know what, if they were white or black, but I, they were white. You could, <laughs> it was a white school. You could, <laughs> you could tell, but it, it, you had these ninth graders who know nothing about policy calling in and being like, hi, we're for this bill because this is about human trafficking and like I could be human trafficked. And so I am again, I am for this bill because I am against human trafficking me, a child. And it's just like, you've got experts and you've got all this shit, but they listen to the emotional response. Well, and okay. So of people, first of all, of people who show up, but that's a thing. If you show it, up and you have it, a it, counterpoint, the the ninth well the ninth grade class doesn't show up because they're fourteen years old and they can't vote so like right. they don't show up but it's it's an it's, it is an emotional appeal I think and, and it is unfortunately because uh, and, and because so much of politics operates on uh, you know po- politicians wanting to stay in power uh, and the ones who are not looking to stay in power the ideal here is is that you know they, they're trying to you know meet the needs of the constituents but let's be real they're generally just trying to stay in power. Uh, and, and a lot of ways to do that is, okay, look at what constituents are saying they want and which constituents who are voting for you, uh, how do I get them to keep voting for me? And, and so to your point, like that emotional appeal of, hey, we're this ninth grade class uh, may not necessarily appeal to the, the lawmakers, but I think the the people well, no, who vote what for I'm the lawmakers. It, it yeah. does. It does. A, yeah. You know, you're right. The it does. Vote, appeal. Yeah. That's why I'm headed there. I'm sorry. It took me a sorry. while. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute, but I'm headed there. Uh, but it's the people who, who, the, who vote for the lawmakers that that appeals to. And because they don't consider anything else beyond, well, this, this could be a 14 year old child and they don't look at the law themselves itself. They don't, look to see what the impact of the law is. They don't speak to any experts. They don't look at any, you know, they don't even read it themselves, much less go through, you know, you can get a really great Cribs notes on most laws explaining what they're meant to do in a pretty short, like in a, a one page summary. And they don't even go through that. And I think that's where the problem lies, where people are making decisions 
and forcing other people to make decisions, excuse me, um, about all of us as a whole based upon emotional appeals Mm -hmm. and not much evidence or science or fact. Right. And the only way that they, so these legislators typically do not read the laws that they're voting on. They they either have their aides read them or they just kind of skim it or they just look at the title. To be fair, laws are massive. (laughs) To be fair, laws are massive. That is fair. And I think it's on purpose. It's they're massive and they're written in legalese on purpose. It's yeah. it's not meant for you to read. I kind of hate that about I hate that about bills in general because it really is. It's always like here's 400 pages. Good fucking luck, and we'll vote on it tomorrow. <laughs> like you're voting on it tomorrow, so you gave me a novel to read overnight. Like, yeah. and it's not even a good novel where like at least there's a plot. No, I got to read this dry ass text. Overnight? Well, and that's that's why it's really important for citizens to be informed and yeah. to show up because, like, yes, we do bring in, um, we do elect, uh, we do elect officials who are supposed to act in our best interests, but unfortunately, that doesn't often happen, and there's a lot of other forces. So it's really important to listen to. Uh, there's a lot of organizations out there who are doing the reading of these laws and who are keeping track of how these laws negatively impact people. And, you know, we'll, we'll be doing calls to action, I'm sure, Yeah. Um, in this, where we'll ask you, because here's the thing, here's the cool thing, uh, it, COVID sucks, but guess what? Every single meeting is now held on Zoom and you can call in through Zoom. I mean, you could call in before and you didn't have to show up but you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, now you can still call in. You can still call in, and now you're not at work. You're well. You're working from home, so yep. it's yeah, much and, and- easier for people to be involved in this process. And I, in like, I know that it's boring, but literally, like the if you have enough people, if you have you know. 50 people calling in and getting in and saying like that you do not support this bill if y'all are organized because here's the thing liberal people are not as good at politics as conservatives we're not we're just plain not if you go in if you go into a uh meeting in olympia first of all they make it harder for people to get there they have these meetings at 8 a.m. <laughs> Most people are going to work, uh, yeah, you know, at work or, you know, headed so that who, who has time to go to, to go to, you know, these council meetings at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or in the middle of the day, it's people, it's older people who typically skew more conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's people who are like, who's, Either you know, retired, retired. Or- or have a, a work situation that allow them to be able to take you know time away. Uh, yeah, people who have more pre- privileges and resources. Yeah, and when you show up in person, and that's why you know now nobody can show up in person, so you've got a more level playing field. But showing up in person <laughs> when you are able to, uh, they make it hard on purpose because at the end of the day, they don't really want. They just want to be able to pass the laws that they want to pass. And, and I think too, uh, some of it is, if if we're being honest, a, a good deal of the a good deal of the government um, is interestingly enough ran by conservatives. I think some of this uh-huh. might be, uh, uh, to your point, uh, currently conservatives are way better at 
just government than liberals. Uh, though I, I think that's starting to change. Part of that, uh, I think is, uh, in part due to, to people who are more progressive, uh, kind of taking a, almost a, taking a, a conservative tack towards government where now, you know, you see more progressive people running against, uh, d- uh you know, Democrats and being like, look, you're not, yeah. you're a centrist, but you're not good enough. And because we're seeing more of that aggression, uh, coming from the progressive camp of liberals, maybe that changes, but, I think the 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 issue is because so much of how access to power and how access to being heard is controlled and gatekept by those who have the power, uh, coupled with the fact that you know those who have the power tend to be conservative and, and to your point, don't want to hear uh, you know liberal voices, don't want to hear uh, the other side of the argument. And, and to be fair, when liberals are in charge, they don't want to hear conservative sides of the argument either. But because of those those different kind of gatekeeping measures, it does take a good deal of effort from you to be able to make an impact. But on the flip side of that, because there are so many you know hurdles to jump, when you do make that effort, your impact is a lot stronger than you would expect it to be. Exactly. And uh, I just want to check on something because I think it did work. I didn't press the button that said allow audio playback until just now. <laughs> does that mean that nothing I've said has been recorded? No, everything's been recorded. Okay, good. <laughs> We're learning. Yeah, you're, you're uh, recording. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Go I will say this, just to, to wrap up, because we're right at 30 uh, minutes for this section. And just to kind of wrap up a little bit, I'll ask you, for coming episodes, because we've been recording stuff, so we already know what's coming. So let's pretend like we don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> pretend like you don't. But uh, what do you want to see uh, from this podcast as we go forward? What are you looking forward to kind of sharing with everyone as this podcast goes forward? What I want to share with people is that one, uh, laws are dumb as fuck. Uh, legislation is very dumb and it's also very important. <laughs> and yeah. that, uh, and mainly I want to inspire people to get involved at a local level and to start understanding and reading this legislation in the same way that I want people to read the article and not just the headline. Mm. And that's kind of um, same thing with the law. I don't want you to just read the header on the law and be like, oh, no child left behind. This is amazing. I want you, <laughs> I want you to get curious. I want you to be like, oh, this law says, uh, this law is called Save the Children from a Burning Trash Fire. Everyone wants to do that. I, every time you see a law that says we need to save the children, I want you to get suspicious. That's what I want. <laughs> you should, probably should be suspicious <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I think if I saw a law that was like, save the children from the burning dumpster fire, it's like, why is there a burning dumpster fire? Can we, <laughs> why is there not a law just to stop the burning dumpster fire? I feel like that's, I feel like we're missing the point here, guys. The fire is, there's a fire. Um, <laughs> the, the thing I think I kind of want to pull, uh, the, the thing I want to take the most from this is so, um, just to walk a, a tad back into my history of, of, of who I am, uh, I have not been politically active, though I have been socially active for most of my life. I haven't been politically active uh, for a solid, solid chunk of my life. I wasn't. Um, and a good deal of that was just the way I was raised. Some of that was uh, I was always kind of taught. Um, and it, I was raised hella religious. So, oh, same yeah. Piece. Yeah. So I was raised crazy religious, uh, but I was Wait, also kind of taught. What flavor, though? 
uh, Jehovah's Witness, so they don't. Oh, vote. right, that's right. Yeah, evangelical yeah. for me. Yeah, so Jehovah's Witnesses don't vote, and mm-hmm. one of the things that <clears throat> I was saw it was interesting being a Jehovah's Witness who was black because uh, you know we didn't vote, and then a lot of the reasons for why would be even if we did, uh, you know, they don't listen to black people, and, and so that that's what I was told. Uh, and what I found is once I guess I did start working more to become politically active. I found that a lot of the things that I was doing from a social standpoint, uh, tied into some of the political things, uh, as well. Mm. And my goal here is to help people find ways to enact change in a way that not only helps them actually push for change in their communities. And then therefore I think that's something that we can spread to the rest of the country. Cause I really do believe that change starts at a very local uh, community grassroots level, yes. uh, just because, you know, it's way easier to get 600 people on board than to get, you know, 325 million. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> it's just easier. It's just easier. Um, and, and I think, the, <laughs> and, and I think the, the other thing about that is, is that, you know, when you are able to take actions that actually make you feel as if you're creating some change, as if it makes you feel as if, okay, this is something I'm un- unhappy about, but I'm doing things to try to actually, you know, push forward change and try to progress past it. Those actions also can give you maybe not a quote unquote peace of mind, but it gives you an opportunity to actually feel like, all right, well, I'm doing things. Yes. And sometimes for, for some specific things, it may feel like, well, it's so daunting. What can, you know, my, what not only what can my two cents do, but what is my two cents? Like what what are my two pennies that I can even add to this cause because it's so massive and it seems like it's something that's so beyond us yes. that it may feel like, well, there's nothing we can do. And I think the thing for me that I really want to focus on, especially with with this podcast, is uh helping you find what your two cents are and figuring out, you know, what that two cents really does and help you understand that, you know, if it may feel like, you know, you're only contributing, and I don't know why I'm stuck on the two pennies, but you may feel like you're only <laughs> contributing a small amount. But in truth, that small amount has the ability uh, to to matter so much more. And if everyone contributes a small amount, it's not a small amount anymore. Exactly. Well, and um, I think I also want to, em- yeah, empower people that, because I have experienced it. I have experienced my voice, my singular voice, making an impact. I have watched the faces of legislators change. I have talked to people whose hearts and minds have been changed about certain issues just by speaking on them and saying, and and speaking my piece and saying, this is how this law actually affects people in the real world. This is not just an academic practice of passing laws. This is a thing that really impacts people and needs to be taken into consideration. And I just want to empower people to let them know like your, it might not seem like your voice matters when you're screaming into the void about how much you hate Donald Trump, because at the end of the day, that shit, it really, you're, yeah, you're, it's like adding two pennies to a wishing well that is the size of the <laughs> Pacific Ocean. But if you go to a wishing well in your town square and throw those pennies in, you're going to displace a lot more water. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I like the pennies. I think it works. Okay. So we're going to take a break. Yeah. Uh, After which we're going to have uh, our first segment, which is Silly Billies. Silly Uh, Billies. Excited for that. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
You sure got to climb a lot of steps to get to this Capitol building here in Washington. Well, I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is. I'm just a bill. 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 Your powers are useless on me, you silly Billy. It's Silly Billies! Yay! Yay! This is our first segment for Silly Billies. I'm so excited. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I love Silly Billies. Okay, so Silly Billies, uh, if you don't know, uh, they're bills, legislation, pieces of laws that are ridiculous and silly. So... <clears throat> Let's get started. Cause I've got I've got a pretty silly bill right here, Jay. Oh, is it is I mean it's the first silly bill. So it's the first I mean, silly bill. So yeah. I had to go deep, I had to go big. Um so if you're familiar with internet listicles, uh, you might have seen this one on a list <laughs> with a title like 15 craziest laws. <laughs> Uh, buzzfeed yep yeah yeah buzzfeed you know whatever the fuck else.com uh this one always gets included so this is the law that they always cite quote it is illegal to get a fish drunk in ohio unquote oh that is silly (laughs) it is silly it is silly uh yeah so like why is it illegal to get a fish drunk in Ohio? Uh, Wait, how do, how do you get a fish? Okay. Well, I assume, <laughs> you just, I assume you just pour liquor into the fish tank. Oh, I thought like I saw the fish at a bar and I was like, <laughs> hey. And I just sent drinks over all, all night. Yeah, they would have to have lids on them so that the, <laughs> the alcohol didn't mix with the water. <laughs> Like little straws, and they could oh. sip in the straw, and then the fish. That's that's how you get a fish drunk. You just send them drinks all night. Oh my! Like you God. had a really good day at work, and I was like, you know what? I drinks on me. A, I once did a minnow shot in Texas. What? Wait, was it like? Did a was a minnow in it? They put a live minnow in the shot, and then you have to drink it, and then right. you swallow it while it's alive. Oh. How how was that? <laughs> um, I did two of them, and the the pretty girls clapped for me. Okay. No, that's <laughs> it the was only like off-brand Hooters. It was like an off-brand Hooters, <laughs> and they they like when you bought a minnow shot, they would all come around in circle and like clap, and like it was a whole thing. Anyway, I feel bad for the fish. Yeah, well, I was just thinking at first, I was like, that's terrible. But then, I mean, like, it's... It, it's a little putting... uncomfortable. You can feel them swimming around in your stomach. Oh, get out. Like, I yeah, thought they would all, but... like... Well, I mean, you, I guess you don't really feel them swimming in your stomach as much as just dying in your stomach. You feel them flapping. You feel them flapping. Yeah, uh, the stomach acid. I feel like all you're feeling is just them. Yeah, they don't flap for too long. And I didn't yeah. eat anything else. If you eat something else, it'll smush them down there. Oh, <laughs> Oh, like, it's just not water, I assume. All right. uh, None of this is in my notes. Um, this is a silly, but 
But again, if so, no uh, buying drinks yes, for fish. Jay, I'm a murderer. Okay, what do you? <laughs> I mean, we all are. Uh, so fish can't be getting can't get drunk in Ohio. So, yeah. So that's that's what this that's what this you know popular listicle law says. So okay, laws here they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, some laws are preventative, and they're written into the into the books, like in response to what legislators imagine might happen, which they have very good imaginations. And some laws are written as like reactionary responses to something that's already happened. Mm -hmm. So given the ridiculousness of this law, we're kind of left thinking, you know, (laughs) what the hell happened? The bar scenario sounds correct. So you might be imagining a fish at a bar trying to pick up chicks. You might be imagining (laughs) the state's largest goldfish shot championship. Um, maybe you're imagining the damage an entire school of inebriated fish could do. True. I mean, so, that's not a good education at all. Yeah. So I don't know. Like why? Okay. So why is it illegal to get a fish drunk in Ohio? So yeah. fun fact, it's actually not, <laughs> it's not a fact. It's not true. What? <laughs> Wait, did you just pull the rug out from under us? Mm, oh man, I didn't even. There's so many rugs. I'm so sorry about this. It's it's going to get okay. less fun as we go, and so just. Oh. Okay, no, let's go then. I, all right, so there's no the law's not real. So the law's not real. So uh, I first encountered this uh, quote fact <laughs> in a book that I pulled from the discard bin in a library in the late 1990s. Uh, mm. Even then, the it, the book was old. And the pages were all like yellowed and they had that special like musty smell that you only get from mm. paperbacks in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And um, but as we've learned, books and the Internet can be full of shit. So <laughs> <laughs> I did some research and the closest law to don't get fish drunk uh, in Ohio is actually ROC 1531 and the title of that law is Prohibiting Polluting State Land or Water. So it's basically, the I'm not going to read the law for you. You can look it up if you want. But basically, it's don't throw your trash in the water. Here's a legal definition of trash. In fact, we'll do one better. Uh, we'll link it in the episode description. So yes, we will. In the episode description, you can read it on your own. There's going to be so many links, you guys. Uh, I did a lot of research. I feel like I'm in college again. This is wonderful. Zelda's so, going to be so saved. So yeah, that law is just don't fucking throw your trash in the water. But there's no mention of like specific substances or like even really chemicals at all. So I couldn't find the I couldn't find or like remember the title of the book that I had as a kid, unfortunately. But this fact may have originated from a book by and uh if you're listening to this podcast because you're friends with me, you're going to love this guy's name. Ugh. This fact may have come from a book by a guy named Dick Hyman. <laughs> no, it's not. His name's Dick not Dick Hyman. No. Hyman. No. D-I-C-K-H-Y-M-E-N. Dick Hyman. <laughs> not true. That is that is not, so. You're telling me first of all the 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 Google it. Here, the lie here is that there's a law that fish can't get drunk. The truth is that there's a man named Dick Hyman. There's a man named Dick Hyman, or at least his pen name is Dick Hyman. You know, stage names are important. So in 1979, he wrote a book 
titled Crazy Laws. <laughs> And in 1992, he wrote a second book called More Crazy Laws. So I went to go and figure out where Mr. Hyman got his info from. So we're backtracking, okay? We're trying to figure out how old this thing is. So there's, um, do you know what the UPI is, Jay? Uh, That sounds familiar, but tell me again. The UPI is the United Press International, and they put out press releases for, like, smaller, like, locals, uh, news stations and newspapers. So kind of like the Associated Press, you know, they put out shit for all over the world. So I'm glad you told me. (laughs) So um, fun coincidence, fun coincidence. There's a UPI blurb also from 1979, the same year that Dick Hyman's book. Crazy Laws came out. (laughs) There's this little blurb and it says, quote, now you know, by United Press International. Mm. In Oklahoma, it is against the law to get a fish drunk, unquote. Now you may have noticed in that sentence, I didn't say Oklahoma, I said Oklahoma. Uh... I don't know if that's a misspelling. I can't figure out why it's spelled that way. But that particular UPI blurb is from a small town newspaper in Idaho. So it sounds like maybe the editor was drunk or tired. Maybe Oklahoma is like Oklahoma's hot cousin. I looked up Oklahoma and I didn't find anything really. No, so no. Okay. Well, I could. It was, I, it was a hope, but I guess yeah. not. So... This same fact worded in the same way all then pops up in Dick Hyman's books. And maybe his editor was also tired or drunk. And instead of Oklahoma or Oklahoma, he wrote Ohio. Because those both start with those. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's a- now you have to remember, Dick Hyman was producing books into the 90s. Then we get the World Wide Web. Now there's memes. Trust me. Go look for them. They are supremely mediocre Um, (laughs) in the best way, in the best way, because it's a small community of people making memes about this fish getting drunk law, but they are beautiful. And perhaps you could tweet them at us if you do find some good um, drunk fish memes. You can tweet them at where where are we again? Uh, we are uh, Browntown Pod. Yep, Browntown Pod on Twitter and Instagram because you can gram us on them. Yeah, it's not. It's, yeah. Okay. So okay. So uh, where were we? Uh, you were just explaining how uh, it was Oklahoma, then Oklahoma, now Ohio. right so so we're 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 to oklahoma so all right the next thing i'm gonna do is barf a bunch of numbers and letters at you because it makes me feel smart uh chapter 17 article 35 section 1633 in the 1908 general statutes of oklahoma there is in fact a law that addresses intoxicated fish i think we found it okay so let me read this for you quote from 1908 quote it shall be unlawful for any person to deposit place or throw in any stream lake or pond in this state any line 
dynamite, or other deleterious substances <sighs> with the intent <laughs> thereby to injure fish or any drug, medicated bait, or fish berries with the intent thereby to poison or capture fish. Unquote. Wow. Oh, 1900s. Deletrious. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, we've got a law that specifically addresses intoxicated fish. What's up? Uh, so this law... Uh, <laughs> What like seriously though? What's up? Because like, was this law passed by some staunch environmentalists of the early 1900s? Like, also, what asshole was throwing dynamite in the lakes? Uh, it was my cousin Matt. Uh, Maybe it was like a fad. Um, fish against drunk driving. Ah, people love it. Uh, <laughs> but also, okay. the most important thing: what the actual fuck are fish berries? <laughs> yeah. So many questions. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so here's some facts. Facts, 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 facts. Fish berries, they're this kind of berry, and they have have what's known as an acrid narcotic poison. So basically, they taste gross, acrid, but they get you high, narcotic, and too much could kill you, poison, okay? Okay. So they contain this stuff called picrotoxin, and they're called fish berries because... Uh, they've traditionally been used to poison and stun fish to make them easier to catch. And it also happens to be that humans love to get fucked up. And there's a beverage that comes from the Choctaw nation called Choctaw beer or chalk beer. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's a blend of European beer with tobacco, corn and fish berries. And it's like, do you know what chicha is? Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a corn dish from, South America, where it's a fermented beverage, where they chew it and then they spit it into a clay pot, let it ferment, and it turns into chicha. Yeah, so like people have compared it kind of to chicha, but then it has all yeah. these other elements, right? Yeah, tobacco seems like it would be a really nice element just in a beer right? in general. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh my god, it sounds amazing! I want some. Hundred <laughs> percent. I, I love any drug I haven't tried. <laughs> <laughs> just like ooh, something new. <laughs> Yeah, it honestly sounds really, really good. So, like, why is there, why is there a law against against fish berries? Okay, because it sounds like it makes delicious beer. So that law, that book, that book was from 1908, but that law was actually crafted in 1907, which is the same year that Oklahoma becomes a state. Mm-hmm. And when they establish Oklahoma as a state, they establish it as a dry state. So no booze, (laughs) but people love booze. And so obviously, despite the law, people is all races, all classes. They're all drinking chalk beer like crazy. They fucking love it, dude. It's like booze. It's nicotine. It's a narcotic poison. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It checks all the boxes. Yeah. Even the Europeans who are literally taking over native land during westward expansion and hate native traditions. They're brewing it themselves. And to this day, there are like European settler ancestors who own like trademarks on chalk beer. What? It's fucked up, man. <laughs> oh, what yes. worse. The politicians, okay. even the politicians who made the laws had stores of chalk beer in their cellars. So it was the entire point of the law was to discriminate against natives but at the 
at the detriment of everyone enjoying delicious beer? Uh, yeah, bro. And here's the thing is that they made it into an environmental thing. They made it sneaky because everybody's like, we want to save the environment, even though we're destroying it by moving here. Okay. First of all, no one wanted to save the environment in 1908. Fuck out of here. Here's the thing. So back to poisoning the fish and like people <sighs> believe what, what, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, poisoning fish. It's an ancient method that's used all around the world, and it's particularly used by these indigenous people in Oklahoma. And white people back then were, like, super not into it. They were like, this is unsportsmanlike. Ooh. So they made it a crime to obtain food in a certain way, and it's a certain way that's primarily used by indigenous people whose land they're taking over. Uh, Okay, there it is. Yeah, they also sort of classified chalk beer the same way that people classified marijuana. Um, uh, it, white people thought of it as the devil's drink, despite a lot of white people actually really enjoying it. Um, so the prohibition and criminalization of fish berries specifically and the use of fish berries was like, it was like a direct attack on indigenous culture. <laughs> like... Woo, this silly Billy is a sad William. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, a malicious William. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a mean William the yeah. third. A wicked William, that's what we can call it. A wicked William, yes. There's our alliteration. <laughs> this law is turning into a wicked William. So prohibition, I mean, Jay, you know this. I mean I, uh, you know, I've been arrested for weed. Prohibition is not cool. You shouldn't be arresting people for weed. It's not nice. Well, you and shouldn't arrest people for, arrest people in general, I think. But yeah, yeah definitely yeah. not for weed. Definitely not for weed. Like, I think most people can agree on that, I hope. But <laughs> I don't know. You would Maybe think, I'm- but yeah. Maybe I'm just a socialist devil. <laughs> I I do like the fact though that uh, this is yet another thing that racism is just kind of taken from us. We could all be enjoying amazing tobacco, narcotic beer. I and- know we could all be enjoying that so hard. It would be amazing, especially right now in quarantine, just having a different uh, fucked up. I would love it. I'd probably get uh, hives, but it'd be worth it. I think it, I think it would be a hundred percent worth it. I've done uh, worse things to my body. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be worth it. I honestly, I, I so t- to that end uh, because I I didn't find chicha, uh, but I did find, or I guess I didn't find any chicha derivatives either. But I did find uh, native breweries. Um, you did? Yeah, I found. Uh, so after you t- you started to tell me the story of this, but you did you held back so much. But I did. Then, I did. You were like. Go find native breweries. Uh, so I found that there are several native breweries. Um, I am going to post links for those in uh, the profile for this. You can support those native breweries. Um, they are obviously in, you know, I guess limited to locality. And then, of course, there's state laws about whether or not you can ship uh, alcohol across lines. So, well, you know, I, I also want to point out, too, that, like, I mean, you know this, Jay, but I mean, I'm assuming there might be white people listening who don't, but like 
prohibition laws are just are a way to like really, really punch POC like in the collective stomach, you know? They they always affect POC way harder than white people. And they do affect white people too. So you should be concerned. Like we're not safe necessarily either. We're just a little safer. Okay. And that's on purpose because even when prohibition ended in 1933, Native Americans weren't allowed to drink or purchase alcohol until two decades later. Really? Yeah. And in Washington state recently, people who had prior convictions for weed, a lot of them are black. They're not allowed to get into the weed market. And Mm -hmm. they're arguably like the best people for the job because they already know the business. Um, yeah, and I mean it is a market that they technically created and uh-huh. began themselves. So yeah, no, hundred percent agree with you on that. It's basically yeah. just seizing thing. People are like, no, I want that. That's mine, and so they get laws passed to take stuff. And that's why we're doing a show about laws. <laughs> yeah, that's a hundred percent. And because I mean, people need to understand, these are sneaky. Yeah, a lot of the silly billies are really just wicked Williams. Silly billies and these wicked Williams, they might seem like they might seem silly, but I think in a lot of ways it's really important for them to make these bills and these laws seem silly and frivolous so that people won't think too hard about them. Gotcha. It's a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so dumb. I love it. Okay. We got to wrap up the segment. So I will ask you, is there anything else you want to leave, leave people with uh, about this particular Silly Billy? Or I guess in this case, this is a Wicked William. About this Wicked William. Um, I think it's important for people to look at the history of bills. And, and if you can read them, then read them. And then if you can't read them, like send it to me. And... Like, if you see a Silly Billy, or perhaps we'll have to do Wicked Williams as well. Mm. I feel I like... They, I think they start off as Silly Billies, and they become Wicked Williams later. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's, we're like, oh, this is silly. And they were like, oh Hopefully my Hopefully we'll find a Silly Billy that is um, silly the whole way through. And then we'll have a wonderful day, and no one will be sad because of our the, the words coming out of our faces. You know, V, the thing that I admire the most about you is your ever your never ending optimism. I <laughs> I love that you believe Tell that, that will to happen. my father. <laughs> I love that you believe that will happen. Um, <laughs> There's okay. gotta be something, man. I I no. <laughs> There's gotta None. be something. It's gotta be in Florida, dude. It's gotta be in Florida. There's gotta be a through and through silly billy and we're gonna find it in Florida. in Florida. We're gonna find it in Key West. It's gonna be something about it's gonna be somebody banning cheeseburger in paradise because they can't take it anymore. I <laughs> I, I want it to be uh someone has banned um ordering uh, cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory. Ooh. That would be a lovely silly billy where it's like you can no longer order cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory. You can only oh, order you know, everything else. That would turn else. out to be a thing about um, food safety. <laughs> yeah. You find out there's like 
six different diseases in the cream cheese. So yeah, if you've got if you've got silly billies, you can um you can tweet them at us. Mm-hmm. Send can, them to us. We want send them. Send them to us on our Twitter or our Instagram at Frowntown Pod. And we'll uh yeah, we'll do the research because I I'm at home all the time. <laughs> Uh, no, we can't. We'll do the research because we care. We care. We care. Tell people we care. Oh <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that too. That too. I, it's, I do care. I it, do it's, care. It sounds like we're just here because we have nothing else to do. It's a labor. Of, it's a labor of love. A, board, a boredom. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a labor a of love. Literally. It is. Yeah, uh, it's a little boredom, but mainly love. I could watch TV instead. So here's the thing about Wicked Williams. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know uh, this. Actually, no, I know you know this, V. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I might. Yes. Wicked Williams almost always start off looking like Silly Billies. They do. Or they start off looking like we need to think of like a positive, you know, like there's Wicked Williams and then there's Is there Silly a good? Billies. Is there a good, like, like a good bill? Is there like a, if a Wicked Williams, uh, like they're inverse? Well, would it be like a a well-to-do uh, Willie? A well-to-do Willie. <laughs> I feel like a well that... a well-intentioned William. There we go. A well-intentioned William. Yeah, I like that. A well-intentioned I, William. I do think that. I think that a lot of times, you know, we do. Uh, we gotta look at what's underneath. Uh, I'll I'll go into why this happens uh, later. I've got oh my god, I've got thoughts about silly billies. I just wanted a silly segment. I wanted it to be fun. I yeah. fell down a, a hole and it's I'm never episode. getting <laughs> out. And that's fine because you know what? This podcast we originally wanted it to be about us and about how we can yell into the ether. So I think. I will be a hundred percent honest with you. Uh, when you told me, when you came to me, you were like, "Yo, I want to do a, a segment where I dive into laws, and it's going to be fun and silly." I was like, <laughs> "Okay, like, is it?" And then you came back uh, after you started, and you were like, "This got dark," and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> So you did an American law. Cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, who would have thought that I had any um, any hope for any silliness in American legislation? But there you go. We're going to find it. I believe in it, though. I'm back on board. We're going to find it. There's silliness in American legislation. We're going to it. find it. I have been diving into Florida municipal codes. Like, <laughs> like, like Scrooge like, McDuck like into Scrooge gold coins. Yes. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. That first one, I thought I was going to dive into this thing like Scrooge McDuck into the coins. You know, I was going to dive in and I was like, you know, and I just hit a wall of solid metal. (laughs) It's just, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to dive in and it's just going to be just like the cartoon where I can swim through all these gold coins like they're water. And then I dove in and crushed my skull. (laughs) Uh, whack (laughs) for what it's worth it's a great journey to go on with you so I'm looking forward to the next one 
it's great. I've been enjoying it. It's like, this is fantastic. Um, uh, yeah. Things for people to know. Uh, first of all, if you heard the intro song and you loved it, you should know that was done by FCON. Local it's a song called punk band. Local, well, local for us, you know, this yeah, is yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, like local, no matter where you are, they're local. You There's, go out into yeah. your streets and find them. <laughs> They're specifically at a white center. Um, you should hit them up on Bandcamp it, to buy their album. Yep. Um, I believe they are on Spotify, but they are. But Spotify doesn't pay. But out. Spotify doesn't pay out, so you should look them up on Title. Um, I'm just gonna put. I'm just gonna uh, put this out there uh, for people who think that Title is all hip hop because it's owned by Beyonce. That's not uh, true. That, correct. That um, true. I'm sorry. I'm just looking up if 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 in fact they are on title. Oh, I should thing. I should have done this before. That's we okay. Recorded. You can do it right now. While you're doing that, I will also say uh, thank you to the following. Thank you to freesound.org. Uh, there's a lot of music in this particular uh, show that we use that actually was found by freesound.org. Um, also, I want to take an opportunity to say that you can find both V and I on Twitter. Yes, you uh, can. And you can find the Frown Town podcast uh, on Twitter with Frown Town Pod. Please feel free to interact uh, with the podcast there. If you have something to say personally to either, well, I guess maybe to me. I can't speak for V. If you have oh, something yeah, personal no. to say to me, come on, out. come on. I'm, I'm, I'm about to go into the I'm about to go into the WWF promo. And if you have something to say to me, brother. <laughs> 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 brother <laughs> you can find me um as are you ripping your day. t-shirt off you're gonna turn on your twitter when this comes out and everybody's gonna be like oh my god i really liked it and then you're just gonna have to sew your shirt back up it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be me with the ripped tank top like oh okay <laughs> oh the world is beautiful this is a way different energy than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I also like that in, in this uh, theoretical scenario, I have a thread and needle of which with which to sew my tank top back. It's like, well, I'm just going to sew it back up real quick. My bad, guys. I overreacted. <laughs> um, yeah, this has been uh, great. We could not have done this uh, without the help from other people. Uh, yeah. We are excited for what's coming up. Um so we're going to be dropping uh, episodes of What Can You Do, which are all focused on action that you can take. Uh, we have interviews from both local Seattle, but we're also trying to pull interviews from uh, I'm working on interviews. I guess I can say I'm working on interviews from some local people in L.A., as well as Sacramento and other parts of the country. Yeah. A lot of this, again, is we want to talk to people who uh, are working to make a change in their community. And yeah. So I if think, you're if you're helping with legislation, like hit us yeah. up, hit us up on Twitter um, if you're, if you're, I would go, if you're helping with legislation, if you are working as an activist to try to enact change in your community and you want to maybe add a little bit more shine to the, the work that you and your community and your, maybe your organization within the community are doing, hit us up. We want to help shine the light on that. Obviously we'll probably be biased towards Seattle first. Are we? Wait, are we? I mean, I've, I'm definitely uh, talking about uh, local legislation because I mean, I'm kind of. I'm so I'm I'm on the fence. Uh, I'll say this. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a fence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm on the fence because uh, I 
personally obviously want to learn more about seattle but what's interesting about this is that like i don't even really live in seattle per se i live in edmonds uh-huh. and i have a different city council like uh we we kind of ran into this when we were talking about uh uh the districts for state legislators legislature i can't vote for uh specific uh people that that you are promoting and that i know who are running because they're not in my district sure so i it's it's interesting to to that extent i think uh i have for instance listened to podcasts where uh la local um city council members talked about la local problems and the thing that i found the most interesting thing about that is seeing how other cities uh are meeting similar problems and the ideas and concepts that they're using to try to solve those problems can help jumpstart some of the solutions for problems in other places Mm. so i i honestly think uh while I am willing to show preference, I think to to Seattle, I think it is anyone who is working towards trying to enact change on a problem that is on a local level or a city level has, I feel, carte blanche. Well, not carte blanche, but because that feels like you can do anything. But <laughs> like you can, I feel like you have an open invitation to come talk about it on the show and and discuss it with us. And and if we can add some, you know, add a little bit of like shine to it, I think we can. I think we should. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, there's a lot of exciting things happening in local politics all around the country. I think people are starting to realize that that's the way that we, you know, get things done. Um, So should we rattle off? Should we just rattle off the Twitter handles, like just all together at the end? Yes. Let's (laughs) let's, 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 it. We're gonna we're gonna throw in all the Twitter handles at the end, uh, and then if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you know this already, but you should subscribe to us uh, wherever you find podcasts. So Spotify, Apple, uh, fingers crossed, because it's gonna take me some time to get there. It may not be up for the first episode, but uh, wherever you get your podcast from, subscribe. We'll be there, and then yeah, uh, podcast handle is frown town pod on twitter and also instagram so you can oh, that's right we're on the gram we're on the gram we're on the gram we got that going uh again our song is by fcon i just looked they're not on title yet but you can actually buy their album from Bandcamp, and you should yeah. they, they they're really 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 good uh if you want some dope punk rock music send money to them directly yes yeah, send them money just give them some money um it's, they're out of white center time. yeah they're out of white center it's a rough time in general i feel for artists so i'm here i'm team send money to them directly and i'm just saying like before the quarantine best mosh pit i've ever been in and i can't tell you how difficult it is to find a good mosh pit in seattle people do not like to touch each other here but that mosh pit, I didn't even have to start it myself. It was amazing. So shout out to FCON for letting us use their song. Um, yeah. That song is called Liquid Rage. Liquid um, Fury, I'm sorry. actually. Shit. Look. Aha. Edit that out. <laughs> no. God damn it. Liquid Fury. It's called Liquid Fury. Uh, it's, it's called Liquid Fury. <laughs> oh. It's you know what fury and rage are very similar. No they are very similar. They are very <laughs> no similar. No one's gonna hold that against I you. I am really. I used to read the thesaurus as a child, so <laughs> that's that's what I, the excuse I'm using. Uh, you can find me if you want to uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at v chatty. That's v e e c h a t t i e. Uh, and I will uh, debate you or, you know, if you're annoying, I'll block you or whatever. But, you know, come come up and, you know, talk to me about things. Uh, slide into my DMs. 
I guess. Uh, <laughs> just don't send me dick pics. I already get enough of those. It's you. You got to lead with that. You really do. <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody's listening to this, and they're like, "Ooh, that sexy, sexy voice that keeps cracking." Um, <laughs> I gotta send my dick to them. Don't do that. Don't do that to anybody. Um, we also want to shout out to Kyle Bob for giving us the yeah. name Frown Town. Uh, Frown yeah. Town came out of Kyle Bob's. Kyle Bob has a uh, improv open mic every Wednesday at eight o'clock on Zoom, so you can file mm-hmm. follow Kyle Bob on. Uh, Twitter at Kyle Bob Kyle Bob or on Instagram at Kyle Bobstagram and yeah just a uh, shout out to Kyle Bob for giving us the name Frown Town uh, because it was too sad for his show <laughs> hard disagree but okay <laughs> <laughs> you know that me and you are the only ones who make it sad everybody else is trying to be upbeat and we're just like death death is funny how about death? Huh? Huh? yeah I'm like, death? No, not death. How about racism? No. <laughs> no? No? How about getting murdered by your significant other? Does that work? Does that work? And Kyle Bob's like, oh, man. He's like, so the prompt was SeaWorld. <laughs> You're like, yeah, let's talk about abuse. So, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kyle Bob. Shout out to and, Kyle Bob. You yeah. know, I'm going to end, uh, I want to end this the same way I ended uh, almost every podcast I've been in. It's a great, great quote that I'm a huge fan of. Mm. Uh, I think you'll like it as well. I love um, it's, it's, it's from me, by the way. I'm. This is my quote. Oh, I I wrote this. Oh, yeah, okay. I wrote this. Uh, while the presence of knowledge, no, while the absence of knowledge may be uh, considered ignorance, the presence of knowledge isn't necessarily the absence of ignorance. Oh. Yeah. So I love just it. Be, just because there's some knowledge doesn't mean there isn't any ignorance. Did you drop your Twitter handle yet? Uh yeah, I did earlier. I'll drop. do it one more time. Do it again. I'm adjective underscore J. Uh adjective as in uh the word form. Uh <laughs> underscore as in that that uh score that is under the letters. <laughs> and then J as the letter. Dope. All right. Get at us. This has been Frown Town. Thank you so much for listening. I've been V Chatty. I'm still Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. Bye. Bye.